Hello and welcome to From the Rookery End. I'm Mike and I'm speaking to you on Friday. It's the night before, well it's not the night before Christmas, it's the night before Wolves. It might turn out to be just as important, uh, just as much of a, a key date as the season goes on as Christmas. We shall, we shall have to wait and see. But obviously we're a week on from, well just about a week on from that chastening experience at uh, Manchester City and the that was exacerbated by the experience which so many of you heard uh, John and I avoiding the score all all day, only to be uh, greeted with that horror show unfold on match of the day. And in the immediate aftermath, the day after, I wondered if I was a bit overly critical about Watford and, and how they performed, because after all, Manchester City, as we all know, are an incredible side, blessed with incredible talent. Although, did I go over the top a little bit on my criticism of uh, of the side that we love? And, and having had time to reflect... I think the answer to that is no. I remain this week still very, very disappointed by by what happened at the Etihad on uh, on Saturday afternoon. I've only seen those highlights, but but the reaction to going behind so early, I thought, was very poor. The defending as the game wore on was was dismal, and I thought as a as a reaction, as a performance, there's a whole host of reasons why that that performance wasn't acceptable the FA Cup still rankles with a lot of us and will rankle with a lot of us for a long time and I, I would I expected that to be high on their agenda not to let that sort of thing happen again and it just we don't need to go over it again I can feel myself getting angry again we don't need to go over it again but it was hugely disappointing and, and a week on I still find myself um, upset and you know the embarrassment subsided a bit other stuff's happened since and you know Manchester United drawing at home to Rochdale you know everything's relative but you know we're week on and we still find ourselves with more questions about this uh, about this Watford side than than answers I think going into a huge game with Wolves and I don't really think the midweek win over Swansea answered many of those questions um, I thought it was a bit of an insipid performance on Tuesday night perhaps I was expecting too much so again I was expecting a bit of a reaction to that Manchester City performance because it was so poor I thought the the team the squad would have wanted to put on a a bit of a show but I do understand it's very very difficult in those games change sides playing against a changed side in in Swansea full of confidence you know the ground is what a third full um, very difficult atmosphere to sort of bring you bring your a game but I did think it was a little bit insipid but ultimately we got the win, which I think is uh, is hugely important, and obviously setting up a, a last sixteen tie away at Everton, which has its own sort of uh, uh, own narrative surrounding it. So I'm sure we'll enjoy that in the in the lead up to that. But I thought the performance itself. I saw some Swansea sort of accounts on it saying they're unlucky not to win. I don't really agree with that. I don't think Gomez had too many saves to make, and I think the the extra quality that Watford had in uh, been bringing able to bring on Ger- Gerard Delafay, who told he came on and, and immediately made the difference. I thought Jan Matt looked solid at, at right back. I thought on the other side Messina disappointed. I thought he struggled a little bit. I know not everyone uh, agreed with me there, but I think Messina probably fluffed his lines a little bit if he's looking to usurp. Uh, Jose Holobas in the uh, in the starting lineup in the in the Premier League. Uh, I think the one man who did did, did himself the power of good was uh, Domingos Quina. I thought he grew into the game really really well, and he's he's one of the few players who looks like they've got a bit of confidence. He's flying trying his little tricks. He beat beat men on a number of occasions and got Watford uh, got Watford ticking. So 
big win for was for Domingos Kino, I think. And obviously Watford getting a win sent us home happy. Not not shouldn't underestimate the difficulty of that tie. I think someone pointed out Swansea are only three or four places below us because they're doing so well in the in the championship. So good to get a win under under our belts. But I don't think it really salved the burn that we we received on on Saturday. I think the only way we're going to get that truly out of our system with, is with a good result at, uh, at Molyneux, which is going to be incredibly difficult. They will be saying exactly the same thing. It's almost got a bit of a, a cup tie feel to it in terms of whoever wins has the prize of their season being up and running. Obviously, Wolves haven't won yet this season. Um, you'd think they'd have a bit of extra confidence from performing reasonably well in, in the Europa League. Obviously, they lost their first group match to to Braga. Amazing stage in Braga. That's the one thing that made me really jealous about Wolves getting into to Europe was that they get to go to Braga away, which has got an incredible cliff face at uh, two ends. Check it out if you haven't seen it. But I digress. Um, so a huge game, huge, huge game. Uh, and I think probably a lot of Watford fans, I'm probably going into it with a bit of trepidation, a bit nervous, feeling a bit tense um, as the as the clock ticks round to Saturday. It's going to be a really, really difficult one. I think we'd look to get the reaction we didn't get on, on Tuesday night. This will be uh, our full squad. I don't think there's any additional injury worries. Uh, it'll be interesting to see which uh, which team Kike goes for. We've learned not to second guess who's going to start after uh, after Saturday. But this is let's let's not make any any let's not dress it up as anything other than what it is. This is a massive game, massive massive game. I think first first stop, don't lose, don't lose the game, and and a decent performance. And I think I'll be happy with that. That puts us on on three points, and and then if we can we can get a result against Sheffield United the week after, then we're starting to look a little bit bit healthier. But if we lose this one again, and it's it's not a great performance, then. It really is a very, very, very bad start to to the season. Um, I don't think many of us would have would have identified this one as as a game that we'd have to go into getting points. I don't think many of us would identified it as one going into that we'd be hopeful of winning. I think most of us would probably say a draw would would be something we'd happily take. And I stick with that. I stick with that. There's work to be done. It feels something doesn't feel quite right around Watford at the moment. I don't have the same sort of. I just worry about this team. I can't quite put my my finger on it apart from the the results, obviously. Something doesn't feel quite right. Something feels just um, slightly amiss. And I really, really hope that that after Tuesday, Kike has had a good week with the the fellas and they've galvanised, they've they've licked their wounds after Saturday and they're going to come back stronger and we don't have to look back on that Manchester City debacle any longer. Last 16 of the Carabao Cup, which is good. Win under our belts. Good performance against uh, Wolves and perhaps we can have something to look forward to this season after all. I said it on Saturday, I say it again. Lads, it's over to you. Get over that white line, turn up, play the way we know you can and uh, and we'll be behind you all the way. So the rest of this podcast is going to be an away day diary. Uh, it's something we like to do every now and again here on From the Rookery End because as you know, this podcast is is our take on life as a Watford fan. And this time it's the turn of lucky old Colin. He's heading up to Molyneux. So he's going to be recording little bits and bobs as he goes on his way up before the game, during the game, after the game. You get the picture, a diary of the day. So let's see how it unfolds as Colin takes from the rookery end to Molyneux. Over to you, Colt. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. Good morning everyone, Colin here. It's Saturday and today I'm going to be going to Wolverhampton to see uh, my beloved Hornets play against Wolves and uh, hopefully kickstart their season. Not their season, our season. 
But if I was to tell you it's 6.30 in the morning, that might tell you something. And it's not that I want to get to Wolverhampton before the shops open. Unfortunately, I've had a bit of a calendar clash. And uh, a few months ago, my wife said to me, we're not taking enough exercise. So I've entered us for a triathlon at Hever Castle in September. And I sort of blithely said, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, we did one a few years ago. Since then, I've been training quite hard, particularly on the bicycle, and uh, she's hurt her toe and isn't doing it. (laughs) So having entered me for a triathlon, uh, she's now coming along to to watch me do it, but not participate herself. And that's why we're up so early. We have to be at Hever Castle by 10 past eight. I'm going to do my triathlon, which is only a super sprint before you worry about me um, falling flat on my face. It's a 400 meter swim. It's 20 kilometres on a bicycle and then a 4K run at the end. But that's plenty uh, for a man my age and uh, uh, and my state of fitness. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm quite nervous, particularly the swimming part, which is my weakest uh, of the three events. But uh, we're about to head off in about 20 minutes and um, I'll keep you updated. From Hever Castle afterwards, I've got to drive uh, around the M25 and up the M40 into the Midlands to get to Wolverhampton probably about half an hour before kickoff, I reckon. I'm really looking forward to the day. I'm really looking forward to watching my team play today and see um, whether they can build on what they did on Tuesday after the debacle of last weekend. So as you can hear from the, um, the tannoy, the public address system, I'm here at Hever Castle. It's actually not too bad, a bit windy, a bit damp. I've managed to um, get into my swimming wetsuit, which is, as my children say, a little bit like trying to put toothpaste back in the uh, in the tube, or when they're feeling a bit less generous, like trying to put sausage meat back in the sausage skin. <laughs> but anyway, I'm in it. I can barely breathe. Uh, the water's about 14 degrees, so I think I'm quite glad I'm wearing it. About to head off to the water for my 400-metre swim. And uh, I'll check in later. I'm really looking forward to the game later, um, hoping that I can get there before kickoff. Uh, it's become quite a good fixture, Watford Wolves, isn't it? There's a little bit of needle, a little bit of rivalry because of the semi final, Deeney's words, and then them beating us at the end of last season and getting seventh, which was a, a prize that we coveted and weren't able to achieve. So hopefully, this could uh, mark a. Uh, Another upturn in our fortunes this afternoon. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing who he picks. I hope Welbeck starts. I think he looked pretty good on Tuesday, got his goal, and he'll hopefully be full of confidence. Anyway, swim first. Just trying to distract myself from this this terrible thing I've got to go through. Anyway, speaking a bit. Hello, it's Mike again. Just gone two o'clock on Saturday afternoon. The team news is in from Molyneux, and the big news, the big, big news, is that Danny Welbeck and Ismail Sart make their first starts for Watford. A lot of people have been calling out for uh, for this to happen for a long time, and it's happened. Uh, Kike's gone for it. Welbeck, the uh, the sole striker with Saar and uh, Delafeu out on the wings. I think that probably, from my point of view, that that seems to be a sensible decision. I thought Andre Gray had a tough time of it again on Tuesday night as the lone striker on uh, on uh, on his own. He doesn't really suit that role at all. So let's see how Danny Welbeck gets on. Ably supported by uh, Jerry and Saar. The other big bit of news is is one that I think most people expected and hoped would happen and that's Jan Matzin at right back I don't think Kiko Firmenia has looked solid at all in his right back role so to see Jan Matzin there I think it just makes us feel more solid 
Cabaselli hasn't got his place back. Dawson and Cathcart are the two centre backs. I wonder whether, for me, whether Cabaselli and, um, and Cathcart at the moment are the, are the most sensible centre back pairing as we look to solve our goals, uh, goal conceding conundrum. But we shall see. That's an exciting looking team for me. Really, really interested to see what what Saab will do on his on his debut and see how uh, Danny Welbeck fares as that f- sole front man. Come on, you Hornets! So it's all done. I managed to get round. I did the the, the swim was grim, uh, and uh, then um, did the bike ride and uh, and the four k run at the end, which was uh, all on grass and all reasonably flat round Hever Castle. So all good. And then uh, we jumped in the car, and I've dropped my wife at Redhill Station, and I'm about 18 miles from. Wolverhampton, but it, um, it's now quarter to three. I'm not going to get um, to Wolverhampton until Harbour Three. My daughter Florence has got the train; she's going to get there for kickoff, uh, as presumably will every other hornet. But I'm not going to get there till Harbour Three, so I'm going to miss most of the the first half. But uh, that's all right. I shall listen uh, to it on the radio, and um, I'm really looking forward to this game. I know Mike just did a piece about the lineup. I'm quite excited by that. The battle for me is can we stop their wing backs getting forward? We did it so successfully last season under Havi and got our result. But um, their 3 4 3 against our effectively 4 3 3, but potentially a 4 5 1. Although I don't know how much Delafeo and Saar are going to pull back, or maybe Delafeo is going to be playing right up alongside. Danny Welbeck, but uh, the clouds are lowering over the Midlands as I crawl along, hands-free, I must say, hands-free, in case you're worried, um, creeping past Birmingham towards uh, Wolverhampton. My daughter Florence is already in the ground, um, so uh, she's she's going to uh, be able to see the whole game. We're going to have a chat to some people at half-time, hopefully, about their feelings, about the way things are going. And... Um, yeah, enjoy the second half. It's very strange to be sitting in my car, you know, a few minutes before kickoff, rather than uh, enjoying a nice ice-cold pint of beer and uh, chatting with my friends and getting ready to watch the whole game. But there we are, that's life. Um, it's been a great day so far, and I'm, hopefully uh, the Ornits are going um, to top it off. Come on, you Ornits. From the rookery end... I'm here in Wolverhampton and I've just managed to park my car about, hmm, about two-thirds of a mile from the ground. Um, so I've been quite lucky there. But Watford, unfortunately, have been a bit less than lucky and uh, given up a goal, as is our won't in the first 20 minutes. And uh, with Wolves taking the lead, uh, that's a worry, isn't it? If, um, if they get the bit between their teeth, we know what they can do. And they definitely still owe us, I think, in their minds for the defeat in that cup semi-final so we'll see how the game goes maybe that'll spark us into life and uh, and we can we can get back in the game quickly and but uh, yeah that's not the start anyone wanted so I finally arrived and uh, watched about 10 minutes of football with Flo who came on the train on her own which is quite impressive it's all very slow and there's a lot of um, quite a lot of complaining from the Watford faithful about the tempo of the game and uh, just how we're not really attacking but, you know, that's Kike Sanchez Flores all over. That's what we knew we were going to get. We're going to get a, t- a team that sits deep, tries to soak up pressure and, and, and knock balls over the top for our strikers, which is what, in the, in the little bit I've seen, just those 10 minutes, the people walking around say, would you have Javi back now? 
do you think would you choose Kike over Habe there's a lot of negativity the, the away faithful uh, are, are far far from happy and I think that my, my own feeling is we've got players on the pitch there we can come out and have a good second half and get a point maybe even three but also if we concede another goal you sort of think well that's probably it so it'll be interesting to see how they react they reacted very well against Arsenal so hopefully we can have a similar reaction this half we've got players on the pitch a lot of complaining about Kapu because he really does slow things down but we just have to see how we, how we go hopefully we can, uh, we can get ourselves back in this game show a bit of spirit give the fans something to sing about because the atmosphere is very very flat so the game finished 2-0 to Wolverhampton Wanderers and uh, the second goal was a kind of bizarre own goal the header that was going nowhere that came off Yamat's head and went in but there's real problems here I was hopeful we might see the second half performance a bit like the one at Arsenal but we didn't I wanted to see a bit more heart a bit more aggression a bit more belief a bit more confidence but I didn't see any of that and that is a worry this was a simple win for them and they haven't won all season either and yet we made it easy for them Florence said something very insightful. Kapu had a poor game. He was slow, he turned the ball backwards, pushed it sideways, did nothing creative. And she said, well, it's obvious why he's doing that. Because Kike let him be like that when he was here the first time. And Javi never let him do that. Javi always got in his ear and forced him to play more creatively, more attacking football, to use his skills, to drive us forward. But with Kike back... I think he knows he can get away with it. That's what Florence said. He can get away with it and he'll still be picked. And that may well be true. We'll have to wait and see. With Chalabar and Queener on the bench, neither of them came on. He brought on Gray for Saar. He brought on Pereira for Delefeo at half-time, which, I have to say, didn't seem like a stupid thing to do because Delefeo was, really wasn't in the game at all. We were insipid, weak, they won all the second balls. They, they anticipated everything better than us. So whenever ever a ball pinged off somebody, they were there first. They defended like it really meant something to them, and we didn't. We were slow, easy to press. Once they got ahead, they put men behind the ball. We couldn't break them down. We just recycled, recycled, recycled. Of the players that are in the team today that I thought showed some heart, showed a bit of kind of proper belief, cleverly, without a shadow of a doubt, ran and ran and ran, was always available in between the lines. I thought he, he looks like a player that's, that's getting back to something like his best form, but he can't do it on his own. And the Decore Capu duo in, in our central midfield is, is a dead duck. It doesn't work. They both look short on confidence. Well, Decore looks short on confidence. He looks miserable, in fact. And Capu looks like Capu of two seasons ago, and that is a worry. But maybe... With Chalabar and Queen are there, maybe he'll start to put a bit of trust in them because we can't go on like this. And if he keeps picking the same side and we keep having the same results, then we'll almost certainly get relegated. But on today's form, that is looking a lot more likely than even I, probably one of the most positive people, even I thought, hmm, this, this looks like a team in, in deep trouble. It has no identity. It doesn't seem to want to fight. 
Andre Gray came on and, and he did what Andre does, which is he runs around, he's combative, but you know, he's short, he's short on skill. He's, he, his level is lower. And Danny Welbeck had little moments where you thought, oh, okay, that's, that's an England player right there. But most of the time, again, he looked rusty. And you can't blame him for that. And we have to give him a bit of time to get back to his best. But the person we really missed today, and not because he's a great footballer, and not because he's going to turn the game around necessarily, but because he's going to lead them and not allow them to play in this, this terribly insipid way that we played today, is Deeney. We need Deeney back. And for all his limits as a footballer that we've spoken about a million times, the thing that he brings, the leadership, the muscle, the desire, the belief, we really lack that today. And we don't play like that when Deeney's on the pitch. He might not have a good game, but we don't play like that. So it's been an extraordinary day, everyone. I got up at six and went down to Hever Castle and did a triathlon, which seems like about a month ago now, and then drove all the way to Wolverhampton, hoping that the team would deliver a performance that, um, that could slightly calm my fears and, and just give me a bit of hope. I saw the last 10 minutes of the first half, where basically we were sort of clinging on, just keep it to 1-0, get in at half-time, which is fine. But we didn't show much reaction in the second half and we made it, as I said before, we made it very easy for them. They haven't had a win all season, nor have we, and they looked miles better than us. Miles better. Snapping into tackles, winning high balls, passing it better than us. It's a worry. It's a proper worry. The next game, home to Sheffield United, a newly promoted side, who've had a decent start to the season. That will tell us a great deal, I believe. And if we capitulate in that game and lose 2-0 at home to Sheffield United, then I think we can say we're in an awful lot of trouble. Anyway, I've got to drive home to London now. Uh, it's, been, uh, it's been a good day. My daughter took the train on her own to Birmingham and then changed and went to Wolverhampton at 17. So that's quite an impressive thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> I always got the coach when it was that age because it was just simpler. Um, we're just going to sit in the car. We're going to listen to Everton against City and uh, pootle our way back down the, the M40, I guess, is probably the way we'll go. But listen, everyone's got to keep their chins up. I think Deanie's right. We've got to keep supporting the side. No point yelling at them from the terraces. That's not going to help. But things are dire. And this is a crisis, I think. Genuinely, I think it's a crisis. Good night. Enjoy your Sunday. Hello, it's Mike again. Uh, it's Saturday evening again, and I'm going to be avoiding match of the day again. I'm sure I'm not the only uh, only Watford fan that's uh, deleted match of the day from the uh, record every week function on our uh, on our TV planner. As Colin pointed out there, actually, before we carry on, congratulations to Colin on his triathlon. It wasn't uh, just a triathlon, it was more of a quadrathlon, wasn't it, really? Because he did his um, triathlon, then added on the most gruelling event of all, which was uh, going to watch Watford away. So uh, well done to Colin uh, on a very action-packed day. But as you could tell there, Colin speaks for us all, really, with the concern about where Watford find themselves, disappointment within the performance. Again, as with last week, we were hopeful and optimistic that we'd get some sort of improved 
performance from Watford, but it sounded very, very limp, very lacklustre. I've seen the first goal, which defensively looked very, very poor, far too easy for the right wing back just to steal in. Well, he didn't even have to steal in, wandered in, crossed. How many have seen it so many times already this season? And that was it, 1-0 down and game over. don't think anyone really expected Watford to come back into it. Um, Jan Matt, who a lot of us have been calling to play uh, on the right instead of Kiko, scored that sort of bizarre own goal. I think I guess he was trying to head it over the bar or head it wide. He obviously didn't do it on purpose, but it pretty much sums up exactly where where Watford are. And if it was no way back at one 0 there's certainly no way back from from two two nil. And I think the problem that that we have it's something that we mentioned at the start of when Kiko came back. The worry we had is that he might be able to shore us up defensively. <laughs> which with hindsight seems a bit of a silly thing to say. What's that? Three Premier League games in and we've uh, conceded 12. So we're shipping an average of four under Kike in the Premier League. So we thought he might be able to to shore us up defensively, but we did wonder about how he would be able to um, focus on attack because previously it sort of kind of took its care of itself with Troy and Igalo up front. And it's proved to be the case because what's happened is we've, we've, kind of crippled ourselves trying to to be more stoic if you like more uh more stodgy more structural um with it with our defense and that hasn't worked but it also to the detriment of any sort of attacking flair of finesse or or creativity so we're we're kind of instead of improving it feels like they're grinding to a complete and utter halt um, with every area of the pitch now, massive cause for concern. Defence isn't showing any signs of, of tightening up at all. I uh, saw a few shouts on, on Twitter as the day unfolded asking about Foster. Well, I don't think there's anything he could have done about either goal today. Uh, it was undoubtedly the defence in front of him. The Kampu and Decore axis in the middle, which we all know when it's on song, is, is among the best in the division, is completely faltering. We're unable to solve the conundrum of what to do up front. Uh, Delefeo ineffective again, hooked at half-time. Saar had a, a poor game. Uh, and Danny Welbeck, I think, had a half-chance, but unable to unable to, to really threaten. So we've got issues all over the pitch it's looking, you know, I think Sheffield United will be absolutely licking their lips at the prospect of coming to, to Vicarage Road. They've got their dander up. You know, they, you know, another case in point today. They played Liverpool in the early game. They lost 1-0 and were in the game for most of it. They, they shipped a relatively late goal and uh, Chris Wilder was even disappointed to, to ship that. So look at our results against Liverpool over the last couple of years and look at Sheffield United. I know it's in isolation, but kind of shows you where we are. We lost 8-0 to Man City the week before. Um, Liverpool are eight points ahead of Man City, or they were five points ahead, and uh, and teams like Sheffield United are t- turning in decent performances. So next week is is an absolutely extraordinarily huge game, but I think we're in for a, a rude awakening there. I think Sheffield United will be absolutely licking their lips, um, and it could be make or break already, um, eight games into the, the Premier League season. But hey, look... We know what it's like as football supporters. We knew what we signed up for when we became football supporters. We knew it's not going to be an easy ride and it certainly hasn't been easy so far. And I was joking joking on the WhatsApp group that you know perhaps we should just embrace relegation and let's try and beat Derby's record. Let's, uh, let's be down by Christmas and then we don't have to worry about it and we can sort of enjoy it and make a joke of it. But of course that's, uh, that's divesting ourselves of our, our responsibility because we're supporters. And that's what we will continue to be, whether Watford lose every game 2-3-4-0 or whether they're, they're winning and getting to cup finals and, and, and threatening to, to qualify for Europe. So we have a job 
now and our job is of course to be critical friends and uh, we're lucky on the podcast we get the opportunity to, to talk about it. it's very cathartic and and it often makes me feel a lot better having had the chance to, to share share my thoughts and our thoughts but the bottom line is we've turned up we pay our money and we must 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 get behind this team they're struggling we know that um they know that we need to unite behind them uh, and do do what we can so as a team as a as a collective i would urge everyone let's not give up on these boys they've done they've done some good stuff they're a good team the talent hasn't deserted hasn't left vicarage road and we're seven games into the season it's been a really really rocky seven games come on let's stick with them let's see what we can do there's a long way to go let's stick with them let's stick with them it's going to be tough but we've got to got to stay together so before we before we end this week's podcast i'm going to turn to someone we haven't heard from uh, for a couple of weeks we tried getting clinton Bassett, baptiste in uh, pleased to the paranormal the uh, a different realm haven't really helped us so we're going to turn to a tried and trusted friend of the podcast and of watford football club it's my son arlo and this is michael parkinson <laughs> gives me great pleasure to welcome once again for the first time in a little while to Michael Parkinson Arlo Arlo how are you doing tired and frustrated goodness gracious I think we all feel your pain there so Arlo it's been a terrible start for for Watford was now seven games into the Premier League season we've only got two points which isn't great my question for you today is how are Watford going to turn this round what do they need to do to improve their season I'm not really sure but I would say defence what, what do that defence need to do? Stay back and not make any mistakes. So focus. What about the rest of the team? Do you think they're doing doing well enough or do they need to, to improve? The defence is just poo, so the attacks is all right. But I would say the defence is the worst. Everything else is fine. OK, so if you could go in the, in the dressing room before the next game, which is Sheffield United, what would you say to the, to the Watford boys? What would you say to them? defence you need to stay back because it's not fair on Foster because he has to make saves every single two seconds okay and do you think we can get a result against Sheffield United on Saturday you'll be there won't you do you think we can get a win yeah so let's have a come on you horns come on you horns thank you Arlo bye bye Thank you very much, Arlo. Appreciate your uh, appreciate your time, especially when you're not feeling very well, and especially when you're feeling a bit down in the dumps about our beloved Watford as well. So, thank you for coming on, and a message, I guess, to end on. We know we're in trouble. The players know they're in trouble. Kike knows we're in trouble, but we're supporters. Uh, I'll say it again, we knew what we were getting into when we signed up. We knew what we were getting into when we decided to support Watford. Things are never easy. And if they were, would we really enjoy it? I don't think so. Massive game on Saturday. Let's get this horrible first seven games out of our system. Move on. Get behind them on Saturday. Let's get Vickery Road bumping again. For the Arsenal game, the noise there was, was terrific. We can play a part in this. We're important, so let's go there, turn up at Vickery Road on Saturday and see if we can't get this uh, this season started to turn around. Thank you very much for listening to, to From the Rookery Ends. Thank you very much for sticking with us so far because I know it's not easy to hit the download button after we've lost again. So thank you very much. Together, I reckon we can do this. Come on, you on it. Yeah.